It's still a vivid memory for me, sitting in a college chemistry lab mixing chemicals. I grew up in a devout Catholic family, always at Sunday Mass, Holy Day Masses, went to confessions together as a family, prayed the rosary together, served at Mass, went to religious ed. But even with all that, being a priest didn't cross my mind until college. I think I had fallen into that widespread script for the middle class. You know, work hard in high school to get the high GPAs and go to college so you can get a lucrative job and then get a wife, very pretty, and a family, just perfect, and then you have the good life. Some of the smart kids were pursuing engineering, and I thought, well, I should too. They make good money, even though engineering wasn't where my real gifts lay. So there I was in a lab, having been, been awarded a TA position, and there I was mixing chemicals. And it came to me, this is interesting and all, but something's missing. Something's lacking. I wasn't satisfied. I felt there must be something more. No doubt you've had similar experiences. I think because I had been raised, formed, and educated in a worldview that accounted for this something more, my inner unrest had a path forward down which I could choose to proceed in the hope of finding the answer to my heart's longing. You know, this Sunday, we hear the story of the wise men. Pope Benedict XVI indicated that the Magi were custodians of the religious and philosophical knowledge that had developed in that area and continued to be cultivated there. In other words, they were wise because they had sought answers to the deeper questions about life's meaning, and they desired to develop the answers and to integrate them into the fabric of their society. They wanted to make the world a better place. Additionally, it does seem that they were part of a small group of astronomers in Babylon that existed at that time. Aristotle even mentions the Magi by name. Astronomers, even way back then in 7 to 6 BC, which is now when we think Jesus was born, even astronomers way back then could have predicted the alignment of Jupiter and Saturn in the constellation Pisces. And this very well could have been the event that directed the Magi toward the land of Judea. And this cosmological event coincided with the widespread speculation that a ruler of the world would emerge from Judah, from Jesus' land. But, Pope Benedict wrote, all kinds of factors could have combined to generate the idea that the language of the star contained a message of hope. But none of this would have prompted people to set off on a journey unless they were people of inner unrest people of hope, people on the lookout for the true star of salvation. The men of whom Matthew speaks were not just astronomers, they were wise. They represent the inner dynamic of religion towards self-transcendence, which involves a search for truth, a search for God. You see, God speaks to us through creation, but he also speaks to us through the words of the scriptures and definitively through the word who is his son. God has created, he has spoken, and he has acted in history. 
He has worked and is working. My father is working still, and I am working, Jesus said. Creation, word, work. This program of God's apparent in the Magi gave rise to the Christian worldview and approach to formation and education. God created all that is, so the hard sciences were pursued not simply to produce new technology, but to produce new pathways to the one who stands behind the Big Bang, the one who is the reason that anything exists. God has spoken in time and over time, which gave the impetus to learn about words, languages, grammar, rhetoric, philosophy, literature, art, music, history, and so forth. And this gave rise to libraries and educational institutions. And because the Father, Son, and Spirit worked in grand and humble ways, encouragement was given to Christians to join in the proclamation of the gospel in helping people discover life's meaning and appreciating manual labor, working with our hands. It was this enterprise that slowly transformed societies. And during the Dark Ages, this way of life, which was preserved in the monasteries, allowed societies that had abandoned God to be renewed. Friends, as we in the West seem to be descending into another Dark Age, in which God is largely abandoned, knowledge of him forgotten, the deeper questions about life's meaning left unasked, literary and musical masterpieces disregarded in our schools and manual labor held in low esteem, as technology, wealth, and unrestricted choice are held out as the highest goods, as divisions increase and civil discourse collapses, it seems to me that parishes such as ours can embrace this ancient and ever new Christian project and be light in a world of shadows. We can be an oasis where God's word is proclaimed and heard and enacted, a place where the breadth and depth of our humanity is cultivated, from engaging with literary classics long forgotten to encountering the best of our musical and artistic heritage to learning how to work with our hands. Serving people well, especially the young, means cultivating a true vision of life, a worldview that corresponds to reality, a path leading to the fulfillment of our heart's longings, making us truly wise. Such has been the comprehensive Christian approach that has brought meaning to life and hope to humanity. That, I would suggest to you, is not a bad outline and way forward for us here at JP2.